Genesis 27, and, uh, and we'll begin with verse number 21. If you have that, say praise the Lord. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him, and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him and said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, God, give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, the plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren. Let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning from this simple and yet I hope profound subject, fooled by a feeling, fooled by a feeling. Can we put our Bibles down and can we just lift our hands and one more time, can we just ask the Holy Spirit to sweep into this sanctuary today? Holy Spirit. I pray that you would touch our hearts today and that you would help us to be sensitive to your word and receive what you have for us, God. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would have a discerning of the spirits, God, and that we would be a discerning people, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. One more time, would you just clap your hands to the Lord? And Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. We've come in on the middle of an ongoing story, but for our purposes today, we simply need to understand that Isaac had twin sons. Esau was the oldest and his father's favorite. Jacob was a few seconds younger, and he was his mother's favorite. Isaac was old and blind, and he was ready to bless Esau and die. The Bible tells us that Esau was uh, hairy and a man of the outdoors, and Jacob was fair-skinned, and he was a mama's boy. But Jacob coveted his father's blessing. So he and his mother devised a, a plan to trick Isaac into giving Jacob the blessing. Jacob put on one of Esau's cloaks and he covered his smooth skin with goat's hair. And Jacob went before his father and pretended to be his brother Esau. And the Bible tells us that Isaac immediately sensed that something was wrong, that something was off, because Jacob could not disguise his voice. But when Isaac felt that goat's hair, he was fooled by a feeling. In 2008, researchers in the United States interviewed hundreds of young adults about their views on moral values. What's disheartening is how bad they are at thinking and talking about moral issues, said David Brooks in the New York Times. Most felt that rape and murder were wrong, but aside 
from those extreme cases, moral thinking didn't even enter into the picture. Even when they were considering things like drunken driving, cheating in school, or cheating on a partner, as one young person put it, I don't really deal with right and wrong that often. Most viewed the matter this way. They said, if it feels right, do it. Go with your heart. And I think that pretty much sums up the way most people make decisions about right and wrong. They consider how it makes them feel or how it impacts their emotions. Even for many Christians, this seems to be the case. Rather than asking God in prayer or better yet, searching the scriptures, they follow their hearts. Or some people perhaps say this, they're following the Spirit, but they're not following the Holy Spirit, they're following their spirit. People live by their feelings more than anything else most of the time. If you, if you doubt this, just listen for a while and you'll hear what people are saying and you'll hear what they're talking about. And usually their conversation revolves around how they're feeling about something. I wonder sometimes if the modern church is serving the God of our feelings more than the God of the Bible. And if you think the church is obsessed with its feelings, just take a look at pop culture. One popular song called Catch Me, I'm Falling for You says, How can something so wrong feel so right all along? Catch me, I'm falling for you. Alabama has been singing for years, Feel So Right. Another top ten song titled Feel So Good. Unfortunately, when the feelings are gone, so is the relationship because the world's version of love is based almost completely on feelings. The world elevates feelings above the scripture, just like Isaac foolishly trusted what he felt instead of the voice that he heard. That's why right now a husband, right now, Statistically speaking, a husband is walking away from his marriage and leaving his children behind without even thinking twice about it. And it's no wonder, listen to the words of this popular song that's been popular for over 35 years now. It says this, I've looked high, I've looked low, everywhere I possibly can, but there's no trying to get the feeling again. It seemed to disappear just as fast as it came. Where did it run to? I thought I'd done all that I could just to keep the love light burning. But whatever I've done, guess I haven't done it too good. Because all that's left is I've been up, down, trying to get the feeling again. All around, trying to get the feeling again. The one that made me shiver, made my knees start to quiver every time she walked in. The reason why something so wrong can feel so right is because sin is deceitful. Can the church say amen? Hebrews 3 and 13 tells us to exhort one another daily lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The prophet Jeremiah said this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah was saying just because something feels right doesn't mean that it is right. Two separate times the book of Proverbs warns us that there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is death. The Bible 
warned us that in the last days people would be selfish, greedy, boastful, conceited, proud, and unkind, and violent, and that they would hate good and love pleasure rather than God. Those realities should cause us to question the condition of our hearts, not blindly trust in our feelings. Ryan, are you trying to say that Christians should be emotionless robots who are incapable of feeling? No, absolutely not. Like a compass, our hearts need to be calibrated to the word of God, to the spirit of God. Oh, I wish someone would start preaching with me right now. Our hearts need to be calibrated to a higher moral authority than just how we feel and think in the heat of a moment. God's word is our moral compass. That's why we pray songs Like the psalmist cried, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I wish somebody would pray that prayer with me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. Do you know what you're doing? You're calibrating your feelings with the word of God. Every once in a while, we ought to lift up our voice and say, Lord, adjust my emotions. Uh, adjust my feelings. Uh, my ways aren't your ways, Lord. Uh, your ways are higher than my ways. Uh, but I want to be like you, God. Uh, I want my heart uh, to beat the very heartbeat of God. To have the heartbeat of God is not something that we just stumble upon by accident. Oh, no. Listen to me, child of God. It takes a heart that cries out to Jehovah. It takes somebody who will get down on their knees in a prayer closet. It'll take somebody who will receive preaching that doesn't just tickle their ears. And they'll say, I receive the word of the Lord with gladness because I want my heart to be calibrated with God's heartbeat I want the very mind of God sometimes we say it this way I want to be in the will of God and the way that we know the way that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt you shouldn't take my word for it in fact I encourage you when you hear preaching at Apostolic Tabernacle. I encourage you not just to take my word for it, but to get your Bible at home and crack it open and say, I want to understand this for my... I'm not afraid for you to crack open the word of God when I preach and compare my preaching. You know why? Because my life is surrendered to the authority of God's word. And no man has a right to exalt himself above the word of God. Hey, that's good preaching, Brother Ryan, because the word of God is... Is our compass and it's forever settled in heaven. And so we adjust ourselves to the word of God. And we do have a dichotomy as Christians because there is a place where there are times when we have to say that doesn't feel right. I I don't understand it. I've had uh, countless hours uh, counseling with people where people have said to me, but, but Brother French, I, I don't have a conviction against that. It doesn't, I don't feel anything when I do it, but what happened is they're fooled by a feeling. They're allowing their feelings to manipulate their actions rather than calibrating their actions to the word of God. 
And so we have to constantly check. But, but at the same time, the Bible very clearly instructs us that our emotions are be, to be connected to our worship of God. How many know that we're in a Pentecostal church today? You may have seen somebody lifting their hands. You, you may see somebody dance once in a while. You might even see me jump off this platform if the Holy Ghost really gets to move. Now, I'll regret it in the morning, but I may do it anyway because, because when the Holy Ghost gets to moving, you know why that is? It's like the song says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. Oh, oh, oh some of you just don't understand. You see, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. Hey, if you knew what God had brought me through, if you knew what God had brought if you knew what God had brought me out of, you'd be running the aisles this morning because we serve a God who is moved with compassion. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody testify right now, right where you are. Just begin to testify of the goodness. Come on, let your testimony ring as a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, hey, you can't tell me when I start pondering uh, the grace of God, uh, the grace that I don't deserve, uh, the grace that I can't earn with money, uh, the grace uh, that God brought down. Uh, he reached into the miry clay of my life. Uh, he reached into a broken, sin-filled heart, uh, and he brought mercy that I did not deserve. Uh, oh, I got to tell you, when I start thinking about those things, uh, I begin to have a feeling. You, you, you can't tell me when you see God heal somebody from cancer that it doesn't make you want to jump and spin around in circles because we serve a God that is connected to our emotions because we don't serve a fake God. We don't serve a false God. We're not serving a God who is somewhere distant and far off and untouchable, but we serve a God who is concerned with the pain that you're feeling right now. He knows the tears you cried last night. He knows your greatest fear, and he knows your deepest failure, and he loves you anyway. Oh, hallelujah. That ought to make somebody want to shout right now. And by the way, if he never heals my body or gives me another unexpected paycheck, I will still worship him. I will still love him. I'll still have a pray. Oh, somebody needs to get that revelation. Some of you need to just go ahead and praise him anyway this morning. It'd be all right for you to open up your mouth. Uh, you may not feel good, but you ought to just go ahead and say, I love you, Jesus, because of all you've done for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. When you come to church and you feel cold and dry and your spirit and you feel that beginnings of backsliding, anybody know what I'm talking about? You can feel yourself when you begin that process of backsliding. I don't know why I'm here, but the Holy Ghost is taking me here right now. 
When you feel that process beginning where, where you're beginning to slip away out of your relationship with God, it's the same feeling that you get with, with, uh, with other humans sometimes when, when your relationship, you, you know what I mean? When you just know something's not right. You're not speaking to one another like you should. You're avoiding one another. Did you know that when your relationship gets out of sync with God, you'll begin to avoid God, you'll begin to avoid prayer, you'll begin to avoid church, you'll begin to avoid faithfulness. Can I get a witness this morning? Because that's the beginning of backsliding. That's a dry spirit. You know what you ought to do when that starts happening? God just slipped this in my spirit. You need to go back to your testimony. You ought to get it out of the closet and dust it off. You better get the dust off of that thing and you just start remembering, I was addicted. I was lost and God delivered me and God filled me with his spirit. God healed my body. Oh, shake that thing off and watch the fire begin to burn brightly in your spirit. Praise God. And so our feelings are a part of our worship, but our feelings should not be the driving force in our life. The devil would like to manipulate you with your feelings. See, the devil's number one goal is to control you and me. And his target is our will because we have a free will. How many know that? God has given us the gift of free will. And the devil would like to manipulate the gift of your free will. And here's the way that he tries to do it. Number one, the devil is a liar. Can you say praise the Lord? And so he's lying to us. He lies to us every day. This is how he does it. He lies very often, more than we'd like to admit it, we believe the lie. The lie affects our emotions. And our emotions get all stirred up. And it affects the decisions that we make. It affects how we treat other people. It affects how we treat the people we love. And then we get out of the will of God. And before we know it, we are in a full-fledged mess that the devil created. I wish somebody would just shake your fist at the devil this morning and say, Devil, you stop playing with my emotions. It's not about how I feel today. It's about how good God is. Because the Bible has already told me that I've got the victory. I've got the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Because the word... Is forever settled. Woo. Yes. Praise God. All right. All right, I'm almost done. Here's what people say to me very often. Just the other day. Here's why people come to me. Brother Ryan, I just don't feel... I just don't feel like God loves me. But God does love you. You know what I take people to? I just go back to my childhood. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. Jesus loves me, my feelings told. No, no, no. 
The Bible. Tell, how do I know that Jesus loved? Because the word of God told me he loved. Oh, oh yeah. But the devil's whisper, hey, you don't listen to the devil, honey. Yes, Jesus loves me. Get in the book, honey. Open it up and remind yourself one more time. Be encouraged for the Lord. He is good and his mercy endureth forever. But, 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 Brother Ryan, I just don't feel... Like God has a future for me. Oh, no, 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 no. But he does. For I know the plans that I have for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Oh, I wish somebody would get this when you're applying for the job this week. God has a plan for your future. When you're trying to get a school loan, why don't you just go ahead and remind yourself, God has a plan for me. And it's in his word. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Somebody just worship him right now. Praise God. Praise God. Oh. But when we believe the lies the enemy puts in our minds over the word of God, then we have exalted the lie above God's word. Now think about that for a moment. We've exalted a lie above God's word in our life. And then we find ourselves living as though we are defeated. When the Bible tells us, let the weak say, I am strong. The Bible doesn't tell us to live like a defeated foe. The Bible says that we are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? God wants you to lift up your head, throw back your shoulders, look the devil in the eye, call him a liar, tell him to get out of your way because God has a future for you. All right, musicians are getting ready. Remember that story, one of the most interesting moments in the New Testament when when Jesus suddenly and sharply and very powerfully rebuked Peter. Anybody remember that? He rebuked Peter, not the Pharisees, Peter, his own disciple. And do you remember what he said? He said something that would insult most of us. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Whew. That's some strong stuff, isn't it? Now, what had Peter done? Does anybody remember what Peter had done to upset Jesus so badly? Here's what had happened. Jesus had just begun the process of explaining, trying his best to explain to the disciples that he was going to have to die, that he was going to have to suffer, that he was going to be a suffering savior. And they should have known this from the Old Testament prophecy, but they were still looking for an earthly kingdom and an earthly reign and an earthly king. And Peter was so upset by this announcement and he was so overcome with emotion. Isn't that usually what got Peter in trouble was his feelings, his emotions? 
and he was so upset. Most of us would have been too. Uh, you have to hand it to him. It was because he loved Jesus, but but he was so upset by this that he began to argue and get defensive with Jesus. And he said, this is not going to happen. This will happen over my dead body is essentially what he told Jesus. And Jesus immediately rebuked him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Do you know why? Because Peter had allowed his feelings to get in the way of God's plan and God's will. Listen to me, child of God. Don't let your good intentions keep you out of the will of God. Sometimes God's going to call you to a valley but when he does there's gonna be a third day there's gonna be a stone rolled away because God is working all things together for good to those who love the Lord stand with me all across the building I'm done let me talk to a child of God for two seconds the Bible says that when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon He was threshing wheat and hiding in a cave. Can you imagine? Terrified. His future looked bleak and grim. Looked like they were just going to be constantly harassed by the Midianites until the day they died. When Gideon looked into his future, all he saw was servitude. All he saw was weakness and fear failure and suddenly the angel of the Lord shows up and says Gideon thou mighty man of valor and Gideon said who are you talking to I'm the least in my father's house and my father's house isn't much to get excited about just to be honest even if I was top dog in dad's house it still wouldn't be much to brag about got the wrong man of valor. You found the wrong Gideon. There's a Gideon that lives down at 228. That's probably the one you're looking for. He said, oh no. No, no, no. Because I see something inside you that goes deeper than how you feel right now. Your feelings have fooled you. Well, I'm preaching to somebody today. God's calling a Moses at a burning bush and you're arguing with God saying, Lord, I don't speak well. I'm not articulate. They'll never listen to me. And God's calling you to save your family, to save your neighborhood, to do great exploits for God, but you don't feel like you're capable of doing what God has called you to do. Like Isaac, fooled by a feeling when you should be listening to the voice. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to a Moses. I'm preaching to a Gideon. I'm preaching to an Isaac today. I wonder if there would be someone that would be willing to come and stand with me today around this altar and say, I choose to listen to the voice of God and not operate according to my feelings. God's speaking to somebody today. God's, God's calling a soul winner today. God's raising up a soul winner today. God's raising up someone who's about to go deeper in their walk with God. The enemy's been lying to you and he's been holding you back from your potential in God. It's time for somebody to come and say, I'm not listening to that to that old whisper in my ear, but I'm listening for the voice of God. 
Come on, somebody, stretch up your hand. I may not have been preaching to everybody today, but I've been preaching to somebody. Come on, they're about to sing. Why don't you go ahead?